Hello, and welcome to Lewis in Space. On this podcast, I talk to people about games, 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 how they feel about games, uh, the culture of video games, where it's going, and a particular game that they just played, so we can talk specifically about that game. On this week's episode, I talked to my friend Brandon about games, 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 theater, virtual reality, immersive storytelling, and the first few hours of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Thank you again to Visager for creating this awesome theme. You can check out more of their work at visager.bandcamp.com. Enjoy. Brandon and I talked about video games many times over the past few years, but now we're going to record it and talk about it. Sorry. Um, so, okay, so you know how this goes. Um, do you uh, do you want to talk about like your history with video games, like what it was like? Have you played video games before? Yes, okay. I have. <laughs> sure, yeah. I played video games when I was a kid a lot, um, so I have a long history with it. I was a, a kind of exclusive um, Nintendo kid, and I took Nintendo very seriously. So I guess I did have a Sega Genesis before that. Oh. Um or maybe at the same time as my N64, maybe at a Sega Genesis. That probably math lines up that way. I think so. I don't actually know. I never and I, Sega and I have such actually vivid, rich memories of playing specific Sega Genesis games. Um, and I always kind of get nostalgic and I'm always trying to like remember it. I don't even remember the name, but then I like, someone shows it to me and I'm like, oh my God, that's the game. <laughs> so like that's, I'm very tied to those. Um, and I had a Power Rangers game for my Sega Genesis that I was obsessed with because um, I was a big Power Rangers fan. Still am. Uh, and though then it became Nintendo and I like subscribed to Nintendo Power, oh, that's the awesome. magazine. Yeah. Um, and was really up on it. I was really into watching G4, the channel, oh. the video game channel in middle school. So in middle school was kind of my peak of it where I was watching G4 and I was watching like the video game TV shows and all that kind of stuff. And then I guess after that, into later in high school, I did have a lot of memories of playing like Grand Theft Auto with like one of my best friends from high school. And like to this day, we still have inside jokes about Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. Like when, we, when I get the cheat to get the helicopter, <laughs> we would say some like really dumb thing. And like now we like still say that to each other. Um, <laughs> And so that's, yes, yeah, so that's kind of the condensed history of, with video games, but it's, oh, it went from Nintendo, I guess I should say, to, and I got, I got a Wii, I actually waited online, like at launch, oh. at the not Times Square Toys R Us for that Wii, oh, like around the block, trying to get one, um, and then I got an Xbox 360, when that came out about almost 10 years ago mm -hmm. and I still have that same Xbox 360 and it still works knock on wood <laughs> it's it's given me the ring of death before and like kind of then just came back to life that's so funny because that console was like notorious for being like so buggy and so having so many hardware failures and you it's, have one that's lasted 10 years and it's years. traveled to Chicago and back it's been in the dust you took it to college? yeah I took it to college and so I took both the Wii and and the Xbox to college I wanted to have when, once we had to the apartment because mm -hmm. um, it's always been maybe this goes into another question but for me it's always been like a major major relaxation tool oh like the thing that the most ultimate thing like when I'm stressed if I'm in rehearsal say I'm a director and choreographer so when I'm in rehearsal and I like I can't really watch TV 
like a like a series because mm-hmm. like another plot can't be in my head. Oh. So like I exclusively like right now I'm in rehearsal, so I'm exclusively watching Sports Center oh. and like baseball, and that makes me very happy. But also I could play like Grand Theft Auto or Assassin's Creed, and that's just like calms me down. And like because I, I can totally zone out. That's um, so, that's so interesting because those games especially now are trying like are totally ripping off TV like uh, the mo- the latest Grand Theft Auto is, tr- is trying to do like not just rip offs of like you know classic crime movies but like classic crime TV shows now like it's true of, like, but I guess I'm just running around killing people yeah okay like so, I literally when I play Grand Theft Auto I literally it's like it's like the true awful thing that the, the like <laughs> parents and people are like oh we shouldn't let kids play these games because I just I get the cheats and I just start murdering people, <laughs> and it's awful. Yeah. But I I do believe that like it actually gets out all the negativity and violence that I would ever want to pose upon the world. I think it's actually a good stress reliever. Yeah. So I'm a pro these violent games. I don't think it actually teaches people to be violent. I think it actually allows people to have an escape. There's definitely a school of thought about that. Yeah. So that's my think, answer. Do you think the things. same thing with Assassin's Creed? Because you've played Assassin's Creed. Um, much, right? Yeah, I think I have the. It's not the same degree of like realistic, obscene violence because I'm truly not just like r- driving around shooting cops. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, because I this is the thing with oh my god, I can't believe I'm recording this saying this <laughs> on record. But I because I never beat so I have Grand Theft Auto Four, which yeah. is New York City, right? And I never beat the game. Mm-hmm. And this, I guess we'll probably talk about this because I don't. I'm bad at beating games. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even get far enough in the game to unlock Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that far. <laughs> I feel like I'm probably right there, yeah. and I just never did it. Yeah. Like I, should, I always tell myself, oh, I should just do it. But because I haven't unlocked Manhattan, there's barricades up at the bridges. Yeah. And if you fly the helicopter over the bridge and you land in New York, you suddenly have five stars. And so it's a great way to just like, I'm going to get the cheats, go oh, fly yeah. into the top of the Met, and then all the people descend upon you, and you just have fun, like, shooting at people, if that's, like, the point of yeah. Grand Theft Auto, right? So, yeah, so I'm funny. not a violent person, audience. <laughs> this is a very bad first impression. Um, but that is how I am playing video games at the moment, because I haven't, besides Assassin's Creed, like, all my video games are, like, literally, like, six years old. That's so funny. I didn't even know that. Or I didn't even know you would describe video games as that sort of outlet for you. But yeah. now I'm curious because to so your like a, a theater choreographer, you say that when you're in rehearsals, the best way that you can't absorb other stories. But like if you're not in rehearsals, what is, what are your favorite types of stories? Like are you a TV person? Are you a movie person? Or are you just pl- plays? Or like w- w- where do you get your stories from? I'm getting, I guess, stories from plays and, and TV. I yeah. hardly see movies. Yeah. I like it really takes something to get me to go to the movies. I want to go to, I want to see like right now, like whatever you're listening to this in 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I want to see Baby Driver really badly and I want to see like Valerian really badly. Yeah. So there's like things I want to and I'm like, oh, I can't right now because I'm, I don't have the brain space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's usually kind of how I absorb things. That's interesting. Grand Theft Auto and Assassin's Creed, those are both, uh, what I would now consider classic examples of the modern open world game. Like, those games basically, like, invented it. Or I guess, actually, Grand Theft Auto 3 invented it, and then Assassin's Creed was, to my memory, like, one of the really first ones to be, like, we can make an open world game, like, every year, and, Mm -hmm. like, 
it, and it would sell like like a ton yeah. uh, because people are craving this because of things like Grand Theft Auto but then it's, uh, Grand Theft Auto comes out like every six years right. Assassin's Creed were the ones who were like oh wait we can make every game an open world game it, we don't we don't have to find a way to actually take years to build one we can just change the theme yeah exactly um, so is there something about the open world game that you that you like or is it just that those two games are violent <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah it's curious because I actually grew up never playing those types of games. I like the only games I can actually get through and I've ever beaten is like a Call of Duty. Yeah. Like Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Like four Modern Warfare is like maybe one of my favorite all time games besides oh. like at least modern. Like my favorite all time game probably like Goldeneye, you know, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Um but even like I couldn't even play Super Mario sixty four. Like I just don't have the patience mm-hmm. and the puzzles dealings with that we've seen in Zelda <laughs> like I just something I'm just like no give me like a actually give me a story keep me on the rails like I beat Gears of War yeah 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 um, and Gears of War really keeps you on rails um, god I mentioned it to you months ago maybe years ago but you should play the Uncharted games because that's what the Uncharted games are like all about they're yeah. on rails but they're delivering like the some really of the good. best writing and even acting. Although I guess it's very story heavy. So like it's not the satisfaction in it does not come from killing people like it is in Gears of War or Call of Duty. The satisfaction kind of comes in actually the story. But I would like that still because I I think to this day like Call of Duty for Modern Warfare like I still vividly remember that campaign. Like I oh, think yeah. it's just such an amazing first person campaign, and and that's like the before like the really intense rich story started to really crop up in video games you know um so i really prefer that and so grand theft auto is like a specific instance of like oh i want this grand theft auto game just because like i should have grand theft auto it was my first ever grand theft auto Mm -hmm. um and it was new york so it made sense there were a lot of kids when i was growing up who were playing grand theft auto 3 and i never played it yeah i never played and I, well, that was also like a Nintendo, right? I was always like, at that yeah. point, Nintendo. And so I was just like, I'm not going to play that. Um, and then um, Assassin's Creed, I bought very recently. So I bought, what is it, Assassin's Creed 4? I think that's the one I no, have. No, the one you have is the American Revolution. So yeah, 3. 3, the 3. So I have Assassin's Creed 3, and I bought that very recently. And that was just because I was like, looking to buy a new game because as I said like I truly haven't bought like video hadn't bought video games for like eight years and I like Mm -hmm. have a bunch of like demos that I play and my friends like always make fun of me because it's like why like oh come over to my house play video games you're just gonna play the like literally top spin three demo from 2008 <laughs> you know or like but that's Madden so, 08 that's so Sega Genesis of you though yeah it's <laughs> just like just play like half and little so that's game. what I do so like if I'm relaxing like oh I'm just gonna play like the top season three demo, which is just the tiebreaker of a tennis match. <laughs> and like, that's enough. And I, and I like create games for myself. with like, okay, I'm going to play three tiebreakers. And that's like playing a game yeah. anyway, off, off topic. But, that's so funny. Um, I bought Assassin's Creed cause I'm like, I should buy something new. I was trying to be like, it, video games interest me from a storytelling level, especially dealing with like immersive theater and like, it's all very similar. And so I wanted to like get back into it. So I bought Batman Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum oh, yeah. and I bought us. And then in the same kind of time, I think I had Assassin's Creed or no, I'm actually totally wrong. Assassin's Creed I've had since before college and I just like bought randomly at Target. 
because I was like, oh, I've always been interested in the idea of Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and, they, and I think alternate history is really cool. Yeah. And so the American Revolution thing t- brought, was interesting to me. So I bought that, but I never played, even though I had it in college at all. My friends like Dylan and Nick they played it once without me. And so, like, I, my campaign, like, I picked it up after college. I was like, I guess I should play this game. And I picked it up, and I did end up beating the game. Oh, congratulations. But, thank you. But I beat, but then when you go to the, like, progress bar, it's, like, 30%. Yeah. Because I have, didn't do any of the stuff, like, cooking or any of that bullshit. <laughs> because I have no interest. Yeah. So, now I can go and still kind of go around and do stuff, but, like, it's not an Assassin's Creed is really not satisfying. Yeah. Um, once you beat it, because like, the, um, the all the forts are like, taken over by America. Like it actually makes no sense. It still says there's like British forts, but like, I won the revolution. Like it doesn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, they didn't. It doesn't like update. Yeah. Um, That's weird. So, yeah. So it kind of is just a more about. That was that. But then, so Batman was an interest in open world and an interest in storytelling and like, okay, what's happening here? This is like one of the best games of the past five years. And in college, I stopped playing video games and I need to like get back into it. And I was like, am I going to buy Bioshock or am I going to buy Batman? Ooh. And I had actually been buying Batman and I wanted to play through it and I played through it a bit. Um, and I enjoyed it. It kind of fell away because I actually found the controls weird. Mm. Um, like in like the combo moves to like attack. I like found too hard actually, mm-hmm. and in Assassin's Creed, you literally just hit one button, yeah, and you and it just sometimes combos, and it's like yeah. Whereas <laughs> Batman, you have to have some skill. You really and, do, and I'm not there for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, that's was kind of the first kind of open world ish. Yeah. Step, even though that's a small open world. Yeah, but because it is. it's just the asylum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I find this kind of culturally open world to be very interesting because there's so many games right now that like it seems like everything's the same yeah you know like you had showed me those trailers for Sea of Thieves and what was the other one called that seemed really cool Anthem and they like seem like cool games like Anthem seems like a really cool game but it's like oh like right you're gonna go out into the world you're gonna like do stuff um and that's it and like everyone seems interested in it specifically co-op which I find fascinating like I'm going to go into these fake worlds with my friends and we're going to do stuff. It like kind of literally is the matrix. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially as we now have VR. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh, why do we want that? Like we're done with plot in video games. Mm-hmm. Um, you never played destiny, right? Do you, have you heard of destiny? Yeah. I never destiny played. is the destiny really is the beginning of this trend um, of not only massively, but not only of online, it's the beginning of this trend for co-op online worlds because like world of warcraft was not the it was nowhere near the first massively multiplayer online game but it was one of the like it was i mean it was the biggest and it was the most popular and it hit mainstream like really big and it got a lot of people into that genre of game and then destiny is like this mashup of of halo and world of warcraft basically i think those are the two games they specifically said they were trying to like merge but it's created this new genre of like of like uh persistent online world where you go with specifically with like just your closest friends like instead of like a 
thousands of other people, you're just going with your best friends. But the world is created for you and friends. It's not created for you. It's created. For, it's meant to be played with you and, and a few other people. But the thing about Destiny, which came out two years ago, um, it's not really an open world. It's like there's sort of levels that you choose, and then when you boot up into levels, your friends load in. And what's yeah. what's so what like Sea of Thieves and Anthem are building on, and I think we're going to see like an avalanche of other copycat games. Like I think they created a new genre, basically. Yeah. Um, is like, oh, we'll just slap an open world on top of that. Because that's the that's exactly what you said. It's the Matrix dream of, like, I don't want to just be immersed in a new world. I want to bring my friends there. Like, I want to be able to, yeah, you know. Which is what kind of a lot of VR platforms yeah. are, like, pushing on us. Especially, like, the Facebook, like, Facebook, like, rooms, right? Yeah. Like, those avatars. And everyone's yeah. like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I don't want to do this. Yeah. But, like, they're all doing it. Because they all... And I... I tend to believe that like they're right you yeah know what i mean like they know what's going on yeah and they see a probably a connection there and i think it's, it is the same right they're like oh let's all hang out in a room let's watch netflix but in vr and my friends on the fake couch and everyone's like why would i want to do that it's the same as this video game thing so it's like with these worlds so it just requires those two cultures to kind of collide. And I mean, I totally get it. Like one of the things when I was lived in Chicago still and I played it was either Destiny or some other game where you can talk online. It was one of the best ways to Skype with my younger brother. Yeah. Because we could Skype, but we and, and there's nothing wrong with Skyping. We sit and talk, but this is Skyping plus we're doing something together. You know, and it was like it was actually a great way to stay in communication and it was really fun and it just it makes sense to me that Facebook is, is like playing into that impulse that's like virtual you I can't imagine anything more antisocial than virtual reality, you know? Right. And so them realizing actually like if we make this in it like innately social, then uh it could be very powerful. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, and I think Yeah, and so it's just we'll see kinda how it all builds out. Like I'm I'm partly familiar with like mass effect a little bit oh yeah which i think did its own huge thing in terms of like the industry of like oh we're gonna give you all these amazing choices and like it'll change your character yeah 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 because like that was like a plot just with lots of branches yes right um and i think that like it seems that's not quite enough for people anymore like that (laughs) kind of like happened for a moment and then now it's like no it's just straight up i'm gonna like the character is me yeah and yeah. it has no real like plot it's just yeah. like I'm just gonna do stuff this is so interesting because Chelsea and I were kind of talking about this when we were talking about Dungeons and Dragons and she was talking about how like her um she cause she reads a lot of fantasy books and one of the things for her in Dungeons and Dragons that's really fun is like being in a fantasy world and like being in a fantasy world and pretending to be a fantasy character and acting out the role of a fantasy character and she was saying how it was jarring how like when we play and like another person would say something that sort of breaks the immersion um, how that would be jarring for her but then there's also like there are people for whom that is the fun it's not like going in and and, like wrecking shit in a fantasy world but it's like going in and being with your friends in a fantasy world there's like immersion and there's also just actual transportation of yourself and your and your life and your friends you know and like those are two different things and it feels like on one level games really wanted to be immersive but now people really just want to like they just want simulators where they can go to other worlds with their friends and then just be with their friends and like and just hang out with their friends yeah and it's and it's a collision of so many industries and genres and cultures and things right because it's a total collision of 
video game culture and theme parks yeah. right now and immersive theater and um, LARPing and <laughs> yeah. right so it's like all these different like partially mainstream partially fringe cultures coming together and like VR theme park like live experiences like they're all kind of they're all doing the same exact things yeah um, like where everyone just wants to be someone else but collaboratively yeah escape rooms you know yeah that's without character um, but even so like I think that's what actually the escape rooms have really figured out is like I mean there's room for like more narrative immersive escape the rooms but they're fun because you're there with your friends right and you're speaking the vernacular of like oh we gotta like escape from this laboratory Jeff you right. know like hey Jeff pass me the like it's not like oh I'm in this laboratory you're in the circumstances yeah, it's like Jeff come here and help me that you would normally be yeah with people you know I just made up Jeff I, 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 I've never done <laughs> an escape the room with anybody yeah. named Jeff oh, should. <laughs> um, yeah and it's we could have a whole nother conversation about the theme park thing and that which we won't even bother people and get into yeah we should know. actually just go right to the game we should um so the format of this podcast unfortunately is that now we need to talk about a game it's not unfortunately it's cool the game that Brandon played is another Zelda game um it's the latest Zelda game it's called Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild it just came out for the Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo Wii U um in March 2017 um Brand, it is a it is a massive game. So Brandon has only played. Uh, I mean, he's played a few hours of it, but he's barely cracked like one percent of the game. Um, but that's part of the game. Uh, you've played enough to get a sense of the sense of scale of the of the world you're in and like yes. the sort of like adventure you began. Right. Um, so I figured that was enough to talk about to talk about at least since like the beginning of the game. So um, yeah. So what you. Do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> Gold star. Um, yeah, I do. I, I think that, and I don't know exactly why, but I, I do have a kind of, mag like felt a magnetism to like continue in a way like it wasn't frustrating me open world wise, you yeah. know, like, it, like those other games I'm talking about where I'm like, I just don't have patience. Yeah. Um, that's that's a really high conflict because you died a lot. Everybody dies a lot. Yes, I died a lot. Yeah. Um, but because the saves are so often, yeah. I like never had to like go back and do anything over. Yeah. So I actually didn't feel like any. Even when I died in one of the temples, like I just was back at the temple and I had like more hearts. So I <laughs> so I like actually like helped myself by dying. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I really am okay with dying. Yeah. And that. Side note actually makes me think about. It reminds me of what Nintendo's now going to do with Super Mario Odyssey, right? And and all the live gameplay I've watched of like they encourage you to like just do stuff, and like if you die, it's like doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. So they want you to really just be. They they made a whole <clears throat> thing out of like they took the game over screen out of it, right, or something like that. I think. Or so. Or there are no lives. Or something like that. I forget what it is. It's There's some big... Yeah, and, like, I even watched, like, a stream where someone jumps off a cliff. Yeah. And because you, like, sent yourself to death, it actually unlocks a new level yeah. when you jump. And you wouldn't know that unless you, like, were ready to die. Which is, like, the total opposite of how we've been trained to play video games. Um, and so that that just shows with Zelda specifically, like, a sense of, like, hey, you really do what you want to do, like... It's going to be hard. Um, and those deaths actually was a really because 
the game actively in those first hour and a half. It's like teaching you how to play the game yeah. in a way that I actually haven't really ever experienced before, right? I think that's kind of one of the signatures of this game, right? Is that it's gonna, it just wakes you up and it's like, okay, do something. And so you start walking around and then um, you have to, you're like, okay, I guess I should talk to that guy. And then you're like, okay, I guess I should pick up this item. And then you're like, okay, I'm just gonna keep walking. And then you see something that seems useful. Um, and a huge credit of all of this first hour and a half, I think it's a really expertly like designed, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know whose specific role that is and like technically, but like I, I very specifically remember like you exit this cave and there's this gorgeous sweeping shot of like the whole world, right? Or what you think is the whole world. Yeah. And you like look out and you're like, wow, this is beautiful and this music plays and actually really felt like you're playing a movie mm -hmm. in a way that I really haven't experienced in a video game. Cause like you just are in it all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, here's the screen where it teaches you all the controls. Like you literally know nothing. And then because of that sweeping moment, you're walking around and you now are like directed by music to specific things. You're directed by like the way the light is shining to like, oh, I'm now looking at this castle. Yeah. Oh, that thing is really dark and scary. It uses like big tall objects to like know the people, like literally like the Disneyland thing where like you're gonna walk towards the castle because like that's just natural. I read an article about like how the designers of this game literally used, I forget there's a name for the technique or whatever, but like creating visual landmarks in the skyline that yeah. are to, to guide you to Tomorrowland. Right, it's exactly what it. Disney World, which I think yeah. is fascinating. And so they do a really good job of that later in the game when those so all of a sudden I saw animals for the first time yeah and I got very excited and I started chasing the animals and I just realized as soon as I started chasing them I was like in a new area yeah and like oh it just led me from where I was to a new place and then like new music played yeah and I was like oh wow that was clearly a designer thing yeah where they're gonna make I start like my childish instinct was to chase this fox yeah and by chasing this fox it actually brought me to the next place um so I think all of those things are just to say that it's really doing a job of like leading you. Yeah. Um and teaching you along the way. And I've gotten kind of far enough now just to be like, oh, I kind of know the skills and now here I am walking. I just got my horse, so that was exciting. <laughs> um yeah. You also learned how to sail. <clears throat> I learned how to sail, but I didn't know how to sail. So I yeah, some I so that's play. actually the one moment I yeah. I thought I knew everything, but for some reason I missed that temple. Yeah, I had to kind of explain it to Brandon because there isn't a temple. They just sort of like expect you to have picked up a leaf, and then the leaf sort of guides you to. But Brandon had just never picked up a leaf. Which is weird. You found a boat before you found a leaf. I found so. a boat and I was like, I tethered and I chopped the tether. Yeah. And then I was like, go. <laughs> and so, but it didn't go anywhere, obviously. So and it, it is like the one thing in the game, or no, 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 I should not say the one thing. It is not the one thing that doesn't make any sense. The idea that you could cook peppers so that, that you would stay warm in icy climates that does not I also make any didn't, sense. That's another thing I didn't know with yeah. the cooking. Yeah. But I'm also like not attuned to that in video game knowledge, yeah. right? Because like I haven't cooked a damn thing in Assassin's Creed. Yeah. And like I've done the like chores in the book. Yeah. Like I would never want to do that. But I see... 
I would not be able to play the game if I didn't do that. Right. So they integrated that stuff. And so they make the acquiring of the items. Like I've enjoyed that already in a way that I never have before because I have to. Yeah. Which is just smart video game design. Yeah. (laughs) It is really smart. It's like, uh, specifically that part of it is like combining... They, they, it took them like seven years to make this game. I think the last Zelda game came out in 2011 or something, or so I guess six years. Right, um, and they told us it was going to come out for the Wii U, and yeah. then they were like, nah. Yeah. Well, it did eventually come out for the Wii U, but it came out. But it was like clearly vis- it was a vision to. for this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's, it's funny because, like, in the past six years, video games have changed a lot. Like, I yeah. think Minecraft. I don't think came out in the last six years, but certainly, like, became huge on YouTube and, like, Twitch took off. And, like, there's all these genres of games that are now popped up because of things like watching people play video games on Twitch and, like, uh, you know, the internet just getting better and computer bandwidth getting better. Like, online video gaming is, like, a much bigger... Multiplayer gaming is just a much, much bigger thing in the last five years than it was in the last ten. And in that time like there's been these new genres of games that have become really popular not just with hardcore gamers but with kids which are nintendo's bread and butter like kids have started playing minecraft and these other type of yeah um and one of the things that they that those games have really um t- uh done really well is not just the open world but like the chemistry set like the 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 the, the thing of minecraft is that it gives you all these building blocks it's like lego tuned to 11 and you can go in there and mess around and create things and like you can cook in Minecraft, you can build in Minecraft, you can do all this stuff, and a bunch of other games have been inspired by that sort of thing. Um, and in this, so in the past six years of them building this game, they've made this game that has been inspired by all these things, but has also leapfrogged them because it has it has synthesized all these things that used to be for either like uh, very imaginative kids or um, very bored YouTube professional, or not bored, I guess YouTube professionals who make a living off of watching hundreds of, having one, hundreds of thousands of people watch them. Um, yeah. Cook, like they made cooking an important part of the of a survival game in Zelda. It's just a, it's just a different thing. It's like it, they took this element of gaming that popped up out of nowhere. and Yeah, they've managed to make a game that clearly the moment you start playing, you're like, yes, this took you seven years to make this game. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. simultaneously, like, Oh, if you made this in the last year, it would make sense because of the way you're so on the money. Yeah. Right? You, like, are scared to believe that. But with Nintendo, I kind of believe in them that, like, six years ago, they were like, this is the future of video games. Yeah. And they just, like, didn't release it while everyone else was more successful and made millions of dollars. Yes. And then they're like, oh, but here's the reason we've all been doing this. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... I don't know in terms of how they've developed it and how much it changed over time, but it's interesting that it feels like it's both of those things. Yeah. And it's weird how it's like, it's a Zelda game. Like, you haven't really uncovered the parts of it that are like other Zelda games. Yeah, totally. And I also am not a Zelda player at all. Oh, yeah. So I watched a friend play, like, Ocarina of Time, um, but I never played myself. I never owned one. mm I never. That's weird that you were a Nintendo guy. You never played Zelda. That surprises me. Because it was open. It was like open and chill. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I, especially when I was younger, it's like, no, I need the like war and the rails, and I know that we're just moving forward. Um, so I never got into it. Um, but this is I mean, different this... because it's appealing to me 
because it's pushing me. It's like, it's just that cohesion, which like, it's not surprising for me personally, because like, it's like a video game version of like what I like to make theater like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's everything coming together, everything serving a specific purpose and it's very specific. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is there anything else? What else should I be asking you about with the game? Should I say any more of those specific things that happened along the way? We don't necessarily need to, but that would be great. Well, I guess the, some trouble spots. Oh yeah, we Let's hit. Talk about that. <laughs> um, so we hit some trouble spots. We meaning me, and <laughs> uh, Lewis had to cringe through them. One, the most recent one was in one temple, where it was like truly became a physics puzzle. Yeah. And it's like what I imagine Portal to be, and yeah. why I've stayed as far away from Portal specifically. Yeah. Possible. So why do you hate puzzles? I don't know. I we have a therapy session about why. I hate we don't puzzles. know. I guess I don't need but to like, know why. But like, but like, I. But no, I've never. I'm just not a puzzle person in the video games. I just do. I just do. No, no. Yeah. Um. You should not keep playing Zelda then, because Zelda is at its core. It's an adventure slash puzzle game. Right, and I think that's why I always was never into it, but. I I like that I have these superpowers for these puzzles. So oh, yeah. So it doesn't feel like... It feels a little different for some reason. Um, but, yeah, so I was playing this temple puzzle, and I had to build these blocks to get across this kind of area that I couldn't jump. And I was, like, struggling to stack blocks on top of each other and yeah. build this bridge. Um, and that was frustrating kind of another big moment was when I was had to climb to the top of a mountain to get to this temple and I didn't know I was like got cold yeah and the cold kills you and I didn't know what to do about it so I had to figure out that the te that the peppers heat you up which is kind of hard yeah to, it's no hard. one no really knows that yeah um, <laughs> and uh, so that was successful. But then I couldn't even get down from that mountain. I think you had to snowboard me down. No, well, we or no, I figured it out. out. Oh, right. We ended up teleporting out, which I think is cheap. That kind I, of a cop out. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I wouldn't have known how to snowboard. Right. So I really don't know how they wanted me to get down from that mountain. Yeah. Um, so those were a couple challenging moments. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of like dying. And you're just like, okay, there's got to be a way. But for some reason, I found it playful and not annoying. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't like, maybe it's because I wasn't constantly like falling to my death, even though, except for that one place. Yeah. <laughs> with the jet streams. Yeah. Um, where in like Mars 64, I feel like it's like that, where it's like, I need to climb this mountain, but like the game physics, I just keep falling yeah you know that that's feel like what like those penguins snowboarding like on their bellies and yes. they're like raw yes. you know but like that doesn't wasn't really the problem here yeah uh yeah and i could tell just even from watching like you were you were getting better and uh do you remember when you killed that whole group of moblins when you charged in with like no weapon or you had one weapon and you like it was in the first time we played yeah. you walked up to a group that i thought for sure you were going to die. Oh, yes. Like, you had one tree branch, I think, and you walked away having killed them all and having, like, a whole new set of weapons. Yeah. And it was it was cool. Yeah, because, well, I think the first time I went up to that group, I died immediately. Yeah. Because I think I walked up to them, like, within four minutes of starting the game, yeah. being like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> and then I just died. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're going to die. Yeah. Um, and then... The next time we played, 
Um, and I just walked and I like didn't really know what I was doing still. And um, yeah, I was able to get through. I enjoyed charging them on my horse just now. That, that was, was fun. fun. That looked good. That was a very great kind of Aragorn moment. Um, the other thing, I mean, just even in watching, it feels like it, it, I, I feel bad for having put you through or for not having put you through, but like making you play under these circumstances where it's like, where it's like, come over, play this game, you know, glance at our watch. Like, is this enough to like talk about it? Because the other thing about this game that I think is really borrowing from kind of all the things we were just talking about is that it's just so beautiful and zen. Like, right. it's just a game you just want to like walk around it. And like chasing animals is like a fine pastime because it it's just, it's really nice. It's yes. like, it's a game that like calms me down. Like this is absolutely a game I could play like after getting home from work late and just like winding down. Absolutely. Um, and like and you have no sense of time. Yeah, yeah. And 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 even now, like I'm playing the game. I I haven't actually beaten the game because I haven't beaten the final boss because I'm sort of like saving it. I guess. Um, I'm just walking around. I'm just like walk and 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 you haven't really uncovered this, but there's like you can tell the map is huge, but not only is it huge, there are like little secrets everywhere. Like you walk by probably like a hundred little secrets. Right. Um, and just the experience of just like sitting down and just like walking around this beautifully animated, like Miyazaki looking like landscape. Yeah. Um, and just like climbing the trees and like going to the next hilltop and like seeing what's up there. It's like, I never really played a game like it where it just that experience was like, um, Sublime enough. As fulfilling. Yeah. Uh, without having any sort of artificial, like, reward at the end. Or even just, the, even just the knowledge of, like, beating the game. Like, I haven't done anything close to beating the game in the last uh, weeks of me playing it. But I absolutely walk away from, like, every time I play it feeling, like, nourished. I yeah. Know? Um, yeah. And so I would actually wonder if I would get bored as I went because of that, right? I think you might. Right? Yeah. Which I might. Um... Because I do think that it's really is beautiful. It's something we haven't really talked about. Like it's gorgeous and stunning. In the moment you start playing, you're like, "This feels different." Yeah. It just does, and that beyond all the hype, of, you know, of the game. Um, but yeah, I wonder if I would. After a while, and I'm like, okay, I've climbed. I, like for me, the the wear of climbing to things, which is currently fun, I'd be like. I just want even even when we were playing, I was like, I just want to get to the town. Yeah. But like, I'm supposed to like enjoy like do all this other stuff, and like, at least with this game, they're clearly like, oh, I found a horse. Like, there's stuff that I'm supposed to learn along the way in order to before I get mm -hmm. to the town. Mm -hmm. They're just not telling me. Mm -hmm. Whereas other games would have like six checkpoints before the town. Yeah. They're letting me kind of just do it. Yeah. Um, which is nice because it actually ends up being rewarding. So it's actually an interesting, like, psychological thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, in Assassin's Creed, you're like, okay, go talk to this colonel. And then you're just freaking running there. Yeah. And I, it's like, why am I just riding this horse for 15 minutes yeah. through this game yeah. when I truly know I have no reason to get, but I just need to get to this place. Yeah, there's no enjoyment of the journey here. Yeah. Like, And that's one of the things that's like, because every game is open world now, I could, I've mo almost every game actually I've played in the last like, year and a half that is an open world game does not need to be an open world game, except for the Zelda game and, and Horizon Zero Dawn, which I talked to Dana about a few weeks ago. Um, 
because if it's an open world game, like the world needs to be interesting. And like people keep creating these open world games where they're just creating, they're just padding out like time. And they think it's interesting that they've built this like replica of a city, but it's like, no, like it doesn't have to be a replica. It has to be a breathing, living place where you could just be. And that's not what these places are. Right, it needs to be as rewarding to not do any of the checkpoints. Exactly. And and that like, besides that, I'd also argue, the I think the mechanics that they've discovered, which is the engine of the game is you, mm-hmm. not the game, is needs to be crucial. Yeah. Whereas these other open world games, I think the engine of the game is still the game. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's a kind of. And that's always going to be true. Uh, or, I mean, that's very skeptical or uh, uh, close-minded of me to say, or cynical of me to say, I guess. But this is sort of like Nintendo's bread and butter. Like, they sort of lost the way with Zelda in the past 15 years in a way that Zelda did do that thing where it checkpointed you through everything you needed to get. Yeah. But, like, that used to be Nintendo's thing, and that was one of the reasons that people loved. Um, not just Nintendo, like, almost all old hardcore games that used to be considered, like, that was just the way games were designed, and I think there was an era where people thought those were design flaws, that the game didn't teach you how to play it well enough, and so, like, not more people could play video games. And now it's just like, no, it's not literally teaching them. It's like, just design your game better. Design your game to, like, be a seamless experience of playing it and being it um, without it having to be told to you all the time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because of what we were saying before, all these other industries and cultures using the same type of languages and design languages and does not like user experiences, like naturally like 21st century Americans, like specifically like millennials and younger, like understand those rules. Yeah. Right. So we like know, okay, we're going to walk, we're going to like touch the stuff, yeah. you know, in the way that like I go to immersive theater and I'm like expecting to be able to like tear apart a room yeah which like other people are like what i can touch things yeah but yeah. like no i know i need to open every drawer because like that's the plot yeah yeah um so they're really kind of playing into that well yeah are there any other games that you want to play i feel like now after having heard you talk more in detail about all this i feel like you should play uncharted you should definitely try um no the last of us might be too hard um but that's a good story uh have you ever um have you ever played bioshock no. You should try Bioshock. Maybe. You should try Bioshock. Yeah, because, like, I can get Bioshock for, like, $10 now. Yeah, I have Bioshock. Oh, no, I just... Oh, no, I have Bioshock. Oh, no, but it's for Xbox One. Oh. Yeah, I've still got that 360. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think if the next thing I play, I'm interested in being, at least at home, interested in being a another one of these kind of on-the-rails narratives, just mm-hmm. because I've played so much other stuff right now. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, um, I think that's... Um, thank you for having me also yeah oh yeah uh, where can you find Brandon oh no I was just gonna say thank you but uh, you can find me on the internet if you are so compelled Um, I'm on Instagram making some dance videos and doing those stories on it's bpow33 bpow33 yes oh and then I've got a YouTube channel which if you just search my name Brandon Powers it'll come up there um, where I take people behind the scenes of my work, and then that'll bring you everywhere you need to be. Yeah. Um, and you can come along as we 
discover technology and theater and all those kind of fun things that connect to this conversation. Yeah, if you like any of the stuff that Brandon and I were talking about, Brandon covers it in depth on Instagram, Snapchat, Anchor, wherever you can find it. Yeah, Anchor, baby. Anchor, yeah. (laughs) So, um, okay, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye.